Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast today. I'm so excited about the episode because it's all about adoption. It's all about hearing God for neighborhoods that are you know, marginalized or where there's a lot of poverty or crime. It's amazing. This couple, Roger and Donna Nix, who uh, pastor or now are the overseers of a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they've just installed a new lead senior pastor. They're amazing. That Not only did they have 18 years in um, the musical theater background with a Christian company that used to travel around. They also they adopted a child. God led them on this journey in such a specific way and helped them to navigate. After losing two adoptions that didn't work, they tried again out of total faith, just out of God spoke to them. And I love when you think of season three, this is all about breakthrough. When you think of breakthrough and how God brings his breakthrough first for family, marriage, the home, like God can't help but invest into the home. He just can't. And so I love that this is proof text and what God did for this little boy who's now a grown man and their family is so profound and so beautiful and will give so many of you faith for your adoption story or for your child story, your home story. And then also we go into some other stories as well. We filmed this or and also audioed this live in front of a Tulsa audience from one of, one of our modern prophetic tours. And so you're going to really enjoy having a live audience feel as well of the story. It's amazing. Roger and Donna next coming up next. I'm so excited to introduce you, my podcast family, to my new show on YouTube. It's called Your Prophetic Journey with Sean Bowles. And it's all about you. That's why we call it Your Prophetic Journey. Because we have learned that as you hear other people's prophetic stories, it creates a prototype faith for you, especially through this show, this podcast that we've been having. And we wanted to do some video versions where I can tell some of my stories, not just hear other people's stories with you and narrate their stories, but actually talk to some friends, but also share the process behind prophetic words, journey stories. We have things about nightmares and what to do with witchcraft and what to do with themes that people don't always talk about in the mainstream and I want to talk about those things for real for you and how to apply your Christian faith to have great breakthrough in these areas. I promise you this is going to be such a fun show. We're going to have such a good time together. You can watch the first episode now. Go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and get notifications to our YouTube channel at Bulls Ministries on YouTube. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to be here, you guys. You guys are awesome. Tulsa, we're finally here. Wow. Well, I think, uh, I think I should be responsible for Jeremy's royalties when he starts his comedy career. Something's happened to him since we've been on tour. He's no longer just our manager of our ministry, but he's becoming quite the comedian, which is great. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm just going to move this a little bit because they're going to face me more than you. I'm going to have um, Roger and uh, Donna next come up, and we are going to do an incredible interview. So come on up here. For those of you who don't know them, they have been, they're part of the pastoral team here at the church. They've just recently transitioned to becoming, what do you call it, pastor at large, pastors at large, which I think is amazing. 
I, I loved when I made that transition. I transitioned two and a half years ago from being the senior pastor, and now I'm just, I, I, we, we still don't know what we, I call him called founding pastor or something. I don't know. But uh, it's been glorious because it's kind of like being a grandpa. Yes. I get to come into the church, and I don't have to have the 37 meetings a month. Yeah. I get to come to the church and be like, you're doing great, and you're doing great, and I love you. Oh, wait, there's a big problem? Sure, I'll tell you about that. Okay, see you later. You know, that's it. It's great. Go. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, we get to have these guys on the podcast, uh, and they I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them. But for those, how many of you listen to our podcast? <laughs> if you don't, you're missing out, and you can repent by going to Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever. It's such a fun podcast. It's completely free. It's interviews with amazing people, and you get to hear their backstory. And what I love about this is that this is these guys' church, and so how many of you are from this church? Yay, thanks for coming, you guys. So sometimes you hear things from them. You might have heard throughout the years, like, part of a story, or you heard something that happened. But when you're listening for insight on what God's doing in their lives, and they start to share vulnerably some of the stories that have happened, it helps you to really know people differently, but also see God in them for yourself, like for what he wants to do for you. So we do this Exploring the Prophetic podcast because... And you're going to be joined by at least 30,000 more people who are going to be listening to this later on. And season three, this is a season three episode. It's all about breakthrough and how God's bringing breakthrough in our, our lives and our generation. But when you hear these stories, it gives you faith. Faith comes from hearing. And I want to encourage you to go on a, a journey of curiosity for what God's voice can do in your life. And I know that's why those of you who are here are here because you guys are like, we're hungry. We have to hear more. But those of you who are listening uh, beyond just here on our podcast, I know it's it's a unique experience to hear these kinds of conversations. Now, uh, we get to hear from these guys. The Nix family is an amazing family. They've been pioneering in ministry for a number of years. Some of you may not have known that they were part of the Toymaker's Dream for over 18 years touring. How many of you saw that back in the day, Toymaker's Dream? And they also have been obviously pastoring at this church. How many years were you guys the pastors, senior pastors About here? 19. 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. And we recently inherited one of our favorite people in the world, Mark, Mark who is one of our pastors yeah, right. in Los Angeles, and he was with you guys here. It was our joy to send him. Oh, and we love him. And he moved out to L.A. in his 60s to pursue acting, which I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> He's the Clint Eastwood of the Christian world. He <laughs> sounds yes, exactly yeah, like Clint Eastwood. But yeah, it was just one of the many fruitful people that have such a deep deposit from your guys' lives, both in ministry but also the creative arts and other areas. And so what am I missing? Tell me some things about yourselves that... Uh, people may not know, just in your biography. Well, we have three amazing kids, and I we became grandparents about three years ago. Woo! My oldest grandson is now three, and they live out in L.A. and are in the film industry. That's so awesome. Yeah, so that's... So we've inherited the, the, more than just Mark. We have, we have your two kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. Two grandkids. Two grandsons, so that's the pride and joy. That's what you do when you have grandkids. You just talk about them. It's so. true. People who, like all my single friends, once I had kids... They didn't want to be around me anymore. No. And when I'm a grandparent, I'm going to be impossible. Oh, yeah. You're going to be like, tell me what God it's did brutal. in 1999. It's and I'll be brutal. like, my grandchild, she smiled again. You know, that's all I'm going to talk about. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Well, let's go right into the journey. And um, I'm excited for both your stories because they're both current in the sense of what God can do in our lives. Yeah. And it just, it paints such a beautiful picture of when we hear God or we're or, or and what we're believing, when we're living that life where we want to see God make the most out of our lives. And I love that you guys are still hungry for this. And uh, I can't wait to get into both stories because your story, I was actually here when it happened in town. 
and we'll talk about that in a minute, but you, this story I was not here in town for. We're going to talk about, um, I don't even know how to get into the story. Like, you adopted a child. Right. And let's, get, let's go there. Take us sure. on that journey. So, I'll take you back 21 years. Um, my wife and I, um, we had one son. And we were trying to have other children, and uh, we had... Two failed adoptions. Yeah. So, oh, wow. So we decided to foster. So our first foster child came to us. His name was Anthony, and he was uh, two months old. He'd been uh, just come from a really rough, hard place. And so uh, very quickly, he won our hearts over, and we moved into... As adoptive parents, we decided, yeah, we're going to go through the process... And his birth mom had, uh, when she had dropped uh, Anthony off at the uh, adoption agency and given him to the adoption agency to be given up for adoption, she kind of thought she had done everything she needed, she, uh, and she kind of took off. And, yeah. and so uh, about six months in, we were kind of at this point where uh, we just were desperate for a breakthrough because uh, we had done everything we could to find her. She she didn't actually terminate her parental rights and there were some oh, legal wow. things that were going on and and there was other family that was involved. And so we were just contending for the destiny of, of Anthony and believing that this is what God had had for him and to be with us. And so finally, the day came where um, we were at the 11th hour and we decided that um, we, the last place we knew that Anthony's birth mom had been was in Oklahoma City. And there was a shelter there she had been at. And so wow. uh, on a Sunday morning, I decided I'm going to go over. I grabbed some flyers. I had a picture of her. And I, I went over to the shelter. They, they knew who she was, mm. but she wasn't there. And okay. so they didn't know where she was. So I put up a few flyers, and, and uh, I... This, something rose up inside of me in this prayer, and I said, Holy Spirit, if you will guide me to her, I will, I will if you want me to turn down this street, if you want me to stop at this house wow. and knock on this door, I'm just going to drive the car, and you just, you just guide me to it. Had you ever done anything like that before? No, no. No, I, but I got the call saying, okay, this is what I feel like I need to do. So it was right before then. Wow. I'm going to just, I just feel like I'm supposed to drive. I love this. Yeah, so that's what I did. And so just I, I began to trust that somehow the Holy Spirit could guide me to her, began kind of driving in downtown Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is like the largest city as far as land mass. It's just a massive yeah. city. It's super spread out. So I'm downtown driving around a few parks, and then um, literally in about 10 minutes, I see this clearing. There's a, a white old wooden mission church that's there. They're just letting out. And uh, this church had just been going, I found out later, about, you know, two months. Wow. They were getting ready to feed everyone. I walked in, talked to one of the gals in the kitchen, showed her the picture, said, you know, have you seen this gal? Do you know her? Explain my story. She said, no, but the pastor's over there. Why don't you go over there? And maybe, maybe he knows her. So I walked over, explained the story, he looked at the picture and he said, oh, yeah, I know this woman. Oh, my gosh. And, and so I, I said, well, is she here? And he said, no, I, she's not here today. And I went, oh. He said, but I can tell you where she lives because I've been picking her up for two weeks and bringing her, you know, to church. And so I'm in Oklahoma City 
in 30 minutes time and the Holy Spirit had led me to the pastor who knew where she lived, wow. gave me the address. And so that opened the door for God to... But what uh, he didn't tell you is we had hired a private eye for 10 months. So God wow. did in one day oh my gosh. what a private right. eye oh could gosh. not do. Isn't that funny how that happens? It's like, I, I love that story, but I do love, I do say this for people that there's something about sometimes doing all you can do in your humanity too, though, and just being faithful and loyal because right. that showed how much you love this child. Yeah. So there's something so noble about hiring that private eye. But I do love that moment where God's like, but this is, for the spiritual issue, it's going to take a spiritual connection point, and he did it, which I, I just wanted to bring that, because some people here might, you might be in a process that you're doing everything humanly possible, and God counts that as worthy. Yeah. But there's that moment where he breaks through and brings a result yes. that you couldn't have got. So go, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the beauty of it was just the miracle in that moment of the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit actually speaking in, in, and it was an impression, you know, he didn't, I didn't have a picture, a yeah. visual image, but I had a sense of go here, go yeah. here, go right, you know, and the little and, white church. Uh, yeah. So right. what happens? You go with the pastor to the so house? Go, I go there. He gives me your address. I drive the other part of town. I mean, it was all by the way yourself. Up. Yeah. You I'm didn't go myself. with him. You went alone. No, no, no. I went by wow. myself and, uh, had to wait a while cause she wasn't there, but finally, you know, she opened the door and and uh, yeah, of course she was happy to, you know, cooperate and oh, come the next so day. Good. So our adoption coordinator, Debbie McIntosh, she, she drove over and, uh, you know, picked her up and took her back to Tulsa. She signed the papers and then uh, Anthony uh, became our son. Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys. Yay, God. That is so awesome. You know, I think adoption is one of the most precious things in God's heart because it's just who he is. And to hear that you had two failed adoptions, and I don't know that people, if we could all be present with that for a moment, how hard I'm sure that was for you. It's definitely a grief. I mean, it's, yeah, I can't imagine. And just the fact that you stuck with it and said, this is part of what God wants in our life, and that you went the third time is just astronomically awesome. And I just so appreciate that about Well, I have to say, I didn't stick with it. After the second one, I said, I can't do this anymore. Wow. But what I can do is change the course of a kid's life in foster care on his way to somewhere else. Wow. So, so that's where you went with it. And then that's you guys where decided we went with to it. And then God said, wow. well, he has no one. So, so you still kept your heart open to say, we're going to do this right. much. Yeah. And then God's like, oh, here, let me do exactly. this. Yeah. The wow. moment he drops a baby in your arms, you're like, oh, okay. Now, tell me his birth order in the sense of where did he come in your family? Did you have kids yet? Yeah, we had, was first? We had our oldest, Joel, and then, and then Anthony was okay. nine years later. Mm -hmm. so. And okay. then three and a half years later, we had um, a girl. Yeah. Mm. So Julia is my Hello. 40th. She's our 40th my 40th birthday gift. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I found out when what I was 40. On my 40th birthday, she told me we're having a little girl. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of switch gears. And I, I just think about your family because I've, I've obviously met, I think I've met everyone but you. And so it's nice to meet you. And, uh, uh, but I, they're just amazing. You have an amazing family. And you guys raising them around the life that you had because you've been in ministry all this time. Um, tell me some stories about how your choice to, because you're not just like in ministry, you're not just planning a church. You're, you guys are part of something where you're, you've heard God. You were part of this amazing theatrical company. You were part of 
this church in Tulsa where there's a million churches, why be part of one more? Like there's purpose to it. Like raising a family in the midst of this kind of sacrificial surrender to God. Tell, tell some stories about what God did for them in the midst of you guys being pastors. I, I didn't prepare you for this. Yeah. But, uh, and you could pause for a second if you do think. Well, I think, I think the main thing is that um, when you're in vocational ministry, the thing that, that you, you know, you never want your service to Christ to be the thing that uh, causes someone, you know, your kid's love for Christ to, to yeah. diminish, right? Um, and so, um, yeah, we started, my oldest was 12, and, and uh, Julia was in, in utero, and, <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, Anthony is, you know, special needs, he, and, and so he, uh, that's a whole nother story of, of what we walk through to, uh, you know, just to parent a special needs child in the midst of ministry many times where it just felt like uh, we, you know, we couldn't go on or, or it was just too difficult. And <clears throat> honestly, the, the love of this community surrounding our family uh, is what sustained us and the love yeah. of friends and family. And, um, but yeah, the main thing is, you know, you, you, you want your kids, you just hear so many horror stories about, you know, PKs and MKs yeah. and the whole thing. And, and like you, you, you had a great family and, and, uh, and you made it. You know, you, 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 you've made it. So all our kids love Jesus and, and they've had encounters with the Lord. Uh, you know, one encounter I remember with Julia is just where she first heard the voice of the Lord and all she heard was, hey, and that was it. Wow. And, and she turned around and, and she was just kind of looking and, um, you know, she, she just realized there was no one there. And it was, you know, the Lord just saying, hey, hey, Julia. Yeah. And she was like, oh, hey, God. And uh, it's pretty awesome. How old was she at that time? How old were you, Jules? That's so awesome. About eight years old. I love those moments because we've had some of those kids. And so it's that moment when your kids hear the voice of God that that you just go, yes, you know. And then recently, um, (laughs) you know, um, our special needs son deals with a lot of OCD and it's really hard when when you have lower IQ to grasp abstract concepts yeah. like, like God you know so for years he's like God's not real you can't see him you know and and yeah. and so just recently we had a moment where he he was standing outside and he struggles with OCD about his health and and he said dad I asked God if if I was healthy and if I was okay and I said you did what did he say he said yes And so I'm like, yes, you know, for a special needs kid to hear the voice of God is beautiful. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. Wow, that's so huge. So, yeah, amen. Wow. You want to add to it? I can tell. Let's, I want to hear. I think one of the things that's the most important thing about raising kids in a community, it's community. Yeah. Um, We have such an amazing community here and it's just been so beautiful to not um, say, well, you're the minister, so you're here and you have this invisible wall that you can't be part of the community. And um, the kids are have been part of the community. When we toured on the road with Joel as the only child and in a bus with 30 other people, and he did that till he was about nine years old. Wow. And 
um, he had aunts and uncles, you know, but um, he had a community who was there to support him and there to support us, even though we changed housing every two days and we're in a new place and we yeah. homeschooled and he was the only kid and had all of those things. Um, the community was so important. And then here, um, a whole different um, history for our second kids because when we were with Joel, we were always moving and yeah. now here we never have moved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my daughter has never moved house, but she's been in such an integral community that has poured into them and has loved them and, and so we've good. allowed them to be loved by the community. And I think the community is everything. Well, and I, I hear a couple things on that. One of them is that you guys, even as the parents, you made sure there was no hierarchical us and them, Correct. which was super healthy. And I think a lot of churches don't know how to navigate that sometimes. The second thing is really interesting is our, our daughter, we, we live in a part of LA where it has the number one elementary school, public school. So we decided to give it a try because people move into our neighborhood to go to that school. We happened to move into our neighborhood because that's where God put us. And we wanted to be part of the neighborhood. We both went to public school, and so we thought this will be great. Beautiful. And we put her in one year of public school, and we realized this isn't our tribe, and it's not our community. And it was, it was hard for us because we, we wanted to be in the community that way too. And we just realized, like, this isn't – and we went to – we felt like there's a school that a lot of people in our church go to that's a private Christian school. And we never thought we'd have our kids in Christian school. And we went over to the school, and we both start crying when we walk on the campus. And we're like, well, that's a good indicator, you know. <laughs> and we just felt the leading of God. Like, you, you, there's something so beautiful about being loyal and faithful to yeah. the community that he's yeah. putting in front of you and not being idealistic or just doing what's right in front of you because it's what's right in the city. Yes. And which is I, powerful. I have to also say that God has every kid to have a different bent. Yeah. And I had to drop my preconceived ideas about what, before I was married, I thought needed to be the totally. truth. And when I had Come Joel... Come on, mamas, do it. Oh, my goodness. Do it. He was so specific about yeah. Joel, where he needed to be, and I moved him around. And then um, Anthony needed this, you know, structure. Yeah. And then Julia w was in the public school system since day one and has been a light there. And God knows the bent of your kids. He just yeah. knows it. And so um, pray, seek the Lord, ask him, what is my child supposed to do? What is your design? What is your plan for them? So good. Who are they to be with and who are they to affect? She just mommed you. She mommed you. She did it. Well, let's go right on the hinds of that because we've been talking about family, but I want to switch gears a little bit because when I was here in town filming for TBN a couple, I don't know if it was a month ago, I, you know exactly when it was, um, I, I, your son came and he was part of the film crew for Impact Productions who was filming for TBN. And uh, you had a special morning that morning where he came late and we were a little bit stalled because we we're waiting for him because of something that happened. Tell us what happened. Um, so he was getting ready to go work at this film shoot and he came and said, Mom, where are the keys? And I said, what keys? Well, the keys that are on the dish in the kitchen. Uh, they should be there. Well, all of the keys were gone. And so well, he came and looked out the window and then said, Dad, where are the cars? <laughs> mm -hmm. So during the night, someone came, broke into our house, took all of our car keys and took the two cars and Joel obviously had no way to get to work. Yeah. But I love this because this turned into a God story. 
And I love Romans 8.28 where he'll use all things for our good and the good for those that, you know, he loves, which is just powerful. So something happened in your heart, and you were telling me this, and this is so profound. So how did you find the cars? So the first one was found by a policeman who was in another part of town running license plates, and he found one of the cars. Then um, about a week later, um, we were... Oh, the next day, excuse me. Stand corrected. We were hosting 24 people from six nations that week, and we, everything is kind of a blur. Um, and so the next day, I um, woke up, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're going to find your car today. Wow. And um, so after I dropped my son off at work, um, I just stopped and said, okay, Holy Spirit, um, where do I go? And there is a strand of apartment communities that my husband and I have been praying um, that God would break in because when you ride down the street, you just feel the oppression and you know something's going on there. So I felt like he said, go down that street. So I went down that street. (laughs) And no kidding, I am driving, you know, scoping out, looking both (laughs) sides of the street. And no kidding, within about, 30 seconds, I see my car. Wow. And it it had the kayak racks on it and everything. And I mean, they didn't even take those off. I mean, really? So, (laughs) (laughs) so there it is. It's sitting there and I have this rush of emotion of like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, I'm so happy. I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. I'm so, you know, just this, you know, blistering. So I called 911 and they came and it's crazy. And here's what's interesting is when you, when you looked in the car, there was the parents' stuff was in there, but they had a kid that they had stolen the car and a family was using it. Yeah. So tell me about that. So there was stuff in the car that showed me that there was a woman in there because there were bracelets and hair clips and there was a man in there and T-shirts and there was kids clothes in there and juice boxes and other people's um, garage door openers and cell phone batteries. And I said, Father, they are, you say to raise up a child in the way you should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And they, the devil has messed with them so bad that they're raising these kids up not in the way they should go. And they're going to follow those paths. Yeah. Father, help um, these, this is generational. They are raising up the next generation. Yeah. And their destinies are being robbed and destroyed. I mean, the end, God has a destiny for that boy so in that car. God has a destiny for that gal. And it is being sucked dry. And it's being diverted. And so there's just a couple of us that are praying right now for strategy, divine strategy. I don't have a strategy. I'm nervous to go in there and just, I don't, I don't know. Normally I would be one that would just go, Katie, bar the door, just go. But I'm older and getting wiser now (laughs) that you don't do that. And so I'm just kind of sitting and saying, okay, father, I need to hear what the strategy is because these kids are not going in a great place. Well, and I, I just kind of back up to the fact that you guys had already been looking at that neighborhood, praying into it, and how the enemy from that was like, I'm stealing from you. You're not going to have and authority he overplayed here. his hand. He did, because when he steals, like, 
then you go, now we know we're onto something. Seriously. I love it because I love that that's your reaction. It's a reaction of, we see your maturity in that, and I hope I would have the same reaction. I don't know that I would, except for that I'm being discipled by your reaction, which is to say, there's something here to do that God's highlighting to me that's the injustice is so great, and God wants to bring a redemption here. And you're willing to be part of that somehow, which is so profound. But I think we see it in some of the adoption stories and just your tenacity, your mom's stories. There's a tenacity in you, but I love, I love the thread all the way through all these stories because we're seeing something in you that I think is, is very nurturing to us. Isn't it nurturing to you? Like it feels very like, okay, we, there's some, it, it raises the stakes to what we're going after. And so I love it. We're going to be on the, I know a lot of people are listening to this are going to be praying for you for this scenario for what happens in that neighborhood. I believe the story is just beginning for that neighborhood. And I think whenever the enemy steals from us, when he's coming from something that we're going after, it's a great indicator of how much fruit we're gonna have there. So I'm really excited about that for you guys, which is just amazing. Wow, so, whoo, Jesus. We, we're kind of, we're out of time, but I do wanna ask if either, either one of you have one thought of the best most fun breakthrough that God's ever brought or the deepest breakthrough he's ever brought that you could say in like one paragraph? Just one story. You've already told some good ones, so you might have used them yeah. up. Yeah, for me, the, the uh, I mean, the, the finding Anthony's birth mom yeah. was without a doubt like the greatest breakthrough, you know. The prophetic of yeah. yeah. You got it. Absolutely. <laughs> For me, it's just daily waking up and saying, okay, God, what's next? What do you got going? I love that. And, and knowing that he's, he's God, I'm not, and yet he chooses <laughs> to walk with us. That, yes. that is like crazy. Love it. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for the power of story. Amen. It's so good, and we just appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic family.